This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Here we go on a Saturday night. Welcome in, everyone, to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. As we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, live and local, great to be here, nestled into our normal time tonight, tonight J-Doc, will be 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., two hours every Saturday night as the Labor Show continues to talk directly to the Delaware Valley with our labor leaders. Absolutely, Joe, and tonight we've got a great show. We have um, uh, individuals and, 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 a, and a, a panel in the first hour that is uh they're no strangers to the broadcast uh a lot of great information uh, we have the AFCHI leadership, and, and it's going to be another great show. Yeah, we'll have a great opening hour, and we'll jump into the first hour and bring uh, begin with Phil Glover. We'll bring Phil in and set the table uh, for our listening audience. Of, of course, coming up in hour number two, uh, the John Doherty hour, we'll have lots of conversation uh, with John Doherty as we go into or as we look ahead to uh, hour number two, Jay Doc. I, I am... Uh, I anticipate asking John uh, out of the box. I, I find myself uh, shocked. Perhaps it was uh, false hope, uh, but find myself dismayed that the um, Amazon vote and the return uh, in Alabama at the Amazon warehouse, uh, the vote came in, or at least the votes are being tallied now, and it looks like the vote was in favor of not unionizing in Alabama. Yeah, and it just goes to show you why we need the PRO Act more now than ever. We'll talk to Doc about that, and, and certainly everything that we're on now, it's just disgraceful. Uh, so having said that, uh, I'm ecstatic to bring into the, uh, the, the program an individual who's, again, uh, no stranger to the program, uh, a, a big dog, uh, AFG National Vice President District 3, Phil Glover. How are you, Phil? Hey, I'm doing good, J-Dot. How are you guys? We're, we're, we're doing great, man. We're doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, last time, you know, we, we've had a couple uh, roundtables at, at Sinesta Hotel with you. We're used to breaking bread, and some we'll be doing that again. Uh, but obviously, the times being as they may, uh, here we are. And so, have, having said that, uh, Krause, I got my little peanuts here. Not quite the steak in the, 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 the uh, what's it, surf and turf we get at, at Sinesta, but... 
You know, you, well, I know Phil. I know Phil enjoys his meal, but you always take the extra home, J Doc. But on a serious oh. note, I am looking forward to our return. Uh, we're planning our first uh, return back to uh, <clears throat> the Sinest. And Phil, great to have you uh, on the show. And then also um, throughout the full hour, you'll be with us for the full hour, and then we'll also meet and have individual conversations as the show rolls on. So we've got a good opening hour planned with you. So, 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 Phil. What's going on, man? You know, we got a new administration in Washington. Um, you know, we've had turmoil over the last uh, four years with the other administration. Talk to us just a little bit about a comparison uh, off the bat from, you know, the old administration to the Biden administration. Yeah, sure. We, um, by the way, the Sinesta was a great place to have a uh, have a radio show. I got to tell you, we can't wait to get back there. Um, Absolutely. The, uh, the uh, the the differences cannot be more stark between the the former administration and the current one. I think the last time we were on uh, on your show, we were right in the middle of three of the probably the worst executive orders for labor in the federal sector that we could have ever dealt with. Um, many of our union officials were thrown out of their office spaces that had been fully negotiated. This wasn't, uh, you know. This this wasn't unheard of. Uh, the federal government negotiates with us, and we had office space. We have uh, what what the private sector might call release time. We call it official time to represent members uh, to the agencies. And all that was taken away by the former administration and made it very difficult to represent employees and to bargain. Uh, there was a lot of restrictions to bargaining. There were a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of things that they did that were just uh, anti-union, uh, anti-employee. And so uh, when we worked very hard in Pennsylvania. Uh, our, our local unions went out there, worked very hard to, uh, to win Pennsylvania, to maintain the same congressmen and the same senators and those things. And, 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 we, and we were successful. So on uh, January 22nd, after uh, President Biden was sworn in, he signed an executive order 14003, which eliminated all of the previous Trump executive orders. Hmm. And that restored collective bargaining. I mean, two days into it, uh, much quicker than even the Obama administration with the with the Bush administration. Some of the things they had done uh, two days into his administration, he signed that order. Uh, on March 5th, we got an order, a uh, guidance memo from Office of Personal Management, and that lays out more about the executive order. And, uh, but, but still, we're still struggling. Uh, you'll hear from our folks tonight that they are still struggling to get back to where they were uh, pre-2018 and uh, get back on the work site. We still have some people that were ordered to give office space back. We're still not there. Uh, we are still kind of arguing over official time with some of the managers because by now, many of those managers, they got used to doing it the Trump way. And frankly, uh, I think they enjoyed it and they really don't uh, want to change. And so we're going we're having to go back and go to Congress and go to members that we work with to kind of uh, give a lot of push to uh, get back to where we need to be. 
Phil Glover is our special guest uh, for the full hour tonight. Phil is the um, National Vice President, American Federation of Government Employees. Phil, let me just ask you to uh, let's pause for a moment and let me just ask you for the benefit of um, uh, those listening in on the radio station. Give us a little or give the audience rather a little bit of an insight uh, on your membership pool. Uh, the number, the, the how many members you have, who it falls under AFGE. Just so the, I want the audience to know as you describe um, who they're listening to. Sure, uh, AFGE as a whole represents about six hundred fifty thousand federal employees across the country. Uh, in District Three, uh, I represent about thirty-one thousand federal employees. They're made up of uh, the Veterans Administration, the Bureau of Prisons, uh, the USDA. We have our meat inspectors and food inspectors. We have uh, Department of Energy. We've got our transportation security officers. We have a uh, uh, we have our Department of Defense workers across the state, and there's a there's a large number of bases across Pennsylvania that have Department of Defense civilians, um, and uh, our EPA out of Philadelphia is a large region of the Environmental Protection Agency, and thank goodness they're now allowed to do their jobs again and start looking at water and air and and the things that they're supposed to do. So. Uh, we kind of cover an array of uh, the federal government. Most most agencies, we represent uh, employees in those agencies. Uh, Phil, you know, we, I remember the last time you were on, uh, I think one of those issues was the Trump uh, administration was actually limiting the amount of time that the representatives could actually represent um, they're members. And at one point, uh, he refused to negotiate. It was almost like blackmail and, uh, you know, w- with a contract. Uh, and, and, and the membership, the, the issues, were, I mean, it was very stressful. Um, with the new administration coming in, um, is there an air of optimism? Yeah, we have, we, we have a lot of optimism that we're going to get back to where we need to be. I will just say, like, our, I think when we were on air before, uh, they were trying to really harm our National Park Service contract. They were in the process of taking away the Social Security Administration's contract, Veterans Administration's contract. They were coming after all of those. And what the Trump executive orders did was set up an 18-week bargaining period and then management could just go to what was called the impasse panel, which were all selected by uh, the former administration. And they were basically anti-union lawyers. So it was similar to the NLRB, which deals with private labor disputes. We have what's called the federal labor, federal labor relations authority, and we have the federal services impasses panel. So what they ordered them to do was just after 18 weeks, we're just going to go to this panel and we're going to get a decision on the way we want the contract to look. Um, it was even worse in education. We have an education office in, in Philly in the, at the Wanamaker, and they were actually imposed a contract by Betsy DeVos that went from something like 40 articles down to like 12, and they implemented it. There was no bargaining. They just implemented it. <laughs> and so 
at this point, we have gotten those reversed. Uh, the EPA was another one. They just were able to secure an agreement to go back to their 2007 language and go back to the bargaining table uh, on a current contract. And we're seeing that in the Veterans Administration. And we are hoping to get SSA back to the table as well because they had one of these imposed contracts that took a lot of their rights away. And a lot of the employees' rights uh, to grieve, uh, rights to uh, deal with poor performance. There are a number of things that, that were taken away that uh, just were not acceptable. It's the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, Phil Glover, District 3 National Vice President, is with us and will remain with us for the full hour. We're going to take our first commercial break. On the other side of the break, Beverly Parks, President, Local 2006 Social Security Administration, uh, will join us, Jadock. So we'll have Phil and Beverly uh, when we come back after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. One programming alert one week from tomorrow, J. Doc, the 34th annual All Star Labor Classic. You'll hear it all across the Jacob Media Radio Network, and the game will be played next Sunday out in Delaware County. Uh, at Ridley High School, uh, all good stuff with the uh, labor class. Absolutely, Joe, and I'm uh, I'm happy uh, we have a new ge- uh, another guest coming in from After You Leadership, and I'd like Phil Glover, if you would, Phil, please introduce our our next guest. Sure, uh, we're having uh, Beverly Parks is coming on. She is the local president of the Social Security Payment Center there in downtown Philadelphia, uh, local two thousand six. She's got well over, uh, I believe, 600 to 700 members over there. And uh, they're, they're right now, I think, teleworking. But she's uh, got some information that uh, uh, she can give to you guys about kind of the treatment coming back with the Biden administration and uh, those, those types of things. Beverly, welcome into the Labor Show. Let's uh, let's start right there. And first, thank you so much for uh, kicking us off here in the uh, second segment. But let's begin um, uh, with uh, Phil's lead. Let's pick off on that because things are changing for everybody, including your department. Well, thank you very much for having me. And thank you, uh, MVP Glover. Well, at Social Security, we are still not seeing the benefit of the new executive orders. Uh, In 2018, we were at the bargaining table for term bargaining when we were hit with Trump's executive orders. In less than, I'd say, 30 days, the agency issued us a notice um, telling us that they would be changing about 20 or so articles in our CBA in order to implement these three executive orders. So we went to the table unwillingly, but we didn't have a choice. And we didn't reach agreement and ended up at the impasse panel. Of course, that didn't end well for us either. So the panel imposed most of the agency's proposals. So we got slammed at midterm bargaining. We got slammed by the EOs in term bargaining. And we didn't like it, but 
we had no choice. We had to take it. So fast forward to 2021, new president, new executive order. We were ecstatic, thinking that some of the things under the old executive orders would be rolled back. But SSA decided that they needed to wait until they got further clarification from OPM. So basically, we were stuck with the old contract. We're still following the old executive orders. Nothing had changed. So finally, the OPM guidance comes out. We're happy. Okay, we read it. We have clarification. We're expecting the agency to roll back our contract. None of that happened. SSA is now saying that they need to review the entire CBA to see if any of their proposals were based on the, on the executive orders from the prior administration. Now, keep in mind, we've provided them with the notice that they gave us in 2018, listing the articles that they would change because of these executive orders. We also gave them their proposals that they presented to us, and the heading on these proposals says, um, we're implementing this based on the executive orders. We've also given them back their impasse panel submission where their arguments include we're doing this because of the executive orders. So while we have this new executive order from the current president, SSA has dug in their heels and has not made any changes so far to implement this, uh, the new executive order from President Biden. So we're still feeling the same level of disrespect we did in the prior administration. Now, um, when you when you when you when you say Beverly, when you talk about this, talk about some of the, you know, the issues in these executive orders and how they've impacted, obviously, uh, the workers. Number one, and then number two, I thought an agreement was an agreement. Does an agreement, in other words, I guess an executive order can can um, override the CBA? Well, in this particular case, it should override the CBA. In the executive order, it specifically says that the agency should rescind or revise any proposal or any, any um, article that was influenced by Trump's executive orders. So it says even if it's codified in your agreement, it should be rescinded immediately. So, and so that's my point. In other words, the Trump executive orders, they went into effect Okay, I'm I'm going to take a shot at this one, but uh, I, I, the the SSA probably didn't question them. They probably went into effect fairly immediately. Why are these dragging? And is the Biden administration aware of what's going on? I'm not well. Thanks to our NVP Glover, yes, the Biden administration is aware of what's going on, but so, we're still getting pushed back. Phil, what is the situation there, and what is the Biden administration saying? Yeah, I think uh, I can tell you this. The, the big problem with SSA is that they have a, they have a longer-term appointee uh, to the Social Security Administration. So they have Andrew Saul, who was appointed under Trump and has not been removed yet. Um, I, you know, I know the Biden administration is looking at ways to uh, hopefully – uh, either similar to what they did with the uh, National Labor Board's general counsel, Joe Doc or J Doc. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they're looking at here, but that just hasn't happened yet. Uh, we certainly are communicating with people in the White House, uh, the House and Senate, that 
they aren't moving to restore the bargaining rights that they have and the other rights that come with this executive order. Got it. Um, Beverly, talk about the Social Security Administration, uh, the payment center, being informed that um, the SSA is privatizing 40 to 60 jobs in Philly. What is going on with that? Okay, um, at the end of February, I think it was, SSA casually mentioned to the union that they would be contracting out some of our bargaining unit work. We have what you call a remittance unit, and that unit processes paper checks, money orders, credit card payments sent in by beneficiaries who were overpaid in SSA benefits. So for years, the agency has promised to purchase additional equipment to help these people um, improve in production, just improve production because the process is very slow. Sometimes people send in uh, checks with no identifying information on it. So additional equipment would help that process. So over the last, I think, maybe five or six, maybe seven years, the administration has purchased one new machine. So they decided without union involvement that they would contract out some of this work to U.S. Bank. So they took the time to do their studies and their comparisons and whatever, and not once did they contact the union for input on any of it. So about a week before the program was about to go live, they sent us an email detailing how it would work. So, of course, we put in a bargaining demand. We gave them an information request. They immediately denied it and tried to rely on management rights. So we resubmitted it. And at that time, I reached out to MVP, MVP Glover for assistance. And thank you, MVP Glover, for contacting Senator Casey's office. And Senator Casey is the, um, the chairman on the special committee on aging. And his office immediately reached out to me. I had a conversation with them. They've contacted Social Security and let them know that they will be watching this situation very closely. So I got, about a week after that, I got a message from SSA saying that they would reconsider my request to bargain and reconsider my information request. But without this intervention, they would have moved forward with this process, contracted out the work. And this is just 40 jobs now, but we don't know how this will impact other positions in that same unit. Beverly Parks joining us here on uh, The Labor Show. Beverly is the president, Local 2006, the Social Security uh, Administration. Boy, Beverly, I wish we had uh, more time left in the hour to continue uh, the conversation. I must say, um, I sit here in kind of a dumbfounded look on my face. I feel as though um, you are under siege um, when, you look, when, when you look to the right, when you look to the left, and when you look to the front or the back, and, I, you know, just know that the Labor Show is out here to provide the platform and try and help um, any way that we can. I've got about uh, 45 seconds before I have to go to the break um, so we can move the, move along. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, feel free to um, freeform, if you will, for the last 45 I just want to thank my MVP because he has been very helpful in assisting us with our issues at Social Security. And we have been under siege. We were under siege under the last administration, and we were hoping that it would be different. 
as soon as the new president came in. But SSA is stonewalling us. They've dug their heels in and they're determined that they're going to hold on to the prior executive orders for as long as they possibly can. So I appreciate your support. And I thank you for this opportunity to speak to you. Yeah, no doubt. And and on behalf of uh, all of the uh, workers that you're leading, uh, thank you for you. For, uh, thank you to you for staying strong uh, amidst the storm. Uh, Beverly Parks, President, Local 2006, uh, Social Security Administration. Uh, the Labor Show rolls on. We'll get to a our second commercial break. Uh, on the other side, we'll continue back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks to Beverly Parks, Phil Glover with us for the full hour. Phil, I want you to jump in not long because I know we you want to introduce our next guest who's going to join us. Um, but man, I have to ask you to comment, uh, Phil, listening to some of the pressure uh, that Beverly Parks is dealing with is very, very frustrating to hear. Yeah, it's a it's a really uh, tough situation. Again, we had a lot of hope that this stuff was going to get rolled back quickly. Uh, we are locked into you know some of these agencies. As I said, management has dug in, and until the Biden administration comes down on them and gets them right, we're going to have this. And we we are taking these 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 things forward. And I just want to say this about Beverly and all the other local presidents around District Three. They have held on here. I mean, I'm telling you, last four years was vicious in the federal government for labor relations. It was hard. And all these folks have stuck with it. And I have to give them a lot of credit. So, um, and, and real quick, I've got to believe that there was a sense of relief, Phil, when the Biden administration uh, took over. And yet, here we are, how many days into the administration and Beverly is still under siege. Yeah. And again, that, that has a lot to do. Now, some of the other agencies, the VA since McDonough was uh, confirmed, they're starting to roll back some of this stuff. Uh, in Beverly's case with, with Andrew, Andrew Saul, who is the uh, commissioner, I guess um, they, they overlap terms. And so we need Biden to do, what he did with the OIG, with, with the uh, general counsel, the NLRB. This guy needs to be brought in. He's not following Biden's executive orders, which means he's not listening to the president. He should be removed. That that needs to happen, and we're pushing for that. Yeah, you would almost think it's a for-profit company, to be honest with you. I know we can't go in with much farther, but it really it's ridiculous. Having said that, Phil, if you would introduce our next guest. Sure. Our next, uh, the next uh, local president we have coming up is from our local 333. That is our transportation security uh, agency local at Philadelphia Airport, uh, Joe Shooker. He's got over uh, 600 members out there and uh, has a lot of uh, issues because these guys never had the same rights as other federal workers. So when they built TSA, they didn't give them all of the rights that other federal workers have. So they've had to struggle 
and swim upstream for a long time. But we are trying to get some things fixed there, and I'll let Joe uh, kind of walk through that. Joe, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, guys. It's great Thanks to have you. you. We're going to jump right into it. Um, first off, talk about HR 903, Title, title uh, Five Rights, and how bad the, nego- the, C- uh, the CBA negotiations went. So, uh, yeah, we don't have uh, the same rights as other uh, most government agencies, just about everyone, right? Um, TSA, when they got up and running, um, they basically set it up to where the administrator decides whether you can have a union or not. And then he also decides what you're allowed to bargain for, right? So we don't have full uh, negotiation rights. And the, our last contract was uh, horrible because we had to ratify it no matter what it was or we wouldn't have had a contract and they knew that right so we're down there negotiating with them and it, it didn't go well at all um it was basically a take it or leave it contract um and to th- just to give you what's in our contract right we have like uh, uh 12 articles you know so there's that uh, which isn't a lot but we have like silly stuff like the awards, uh, our uniform, stuff like that. Um, transferring, not silly, it's all important, but pretty lightweight stuff, really. Uh, you know, the big thing we have is shift trade and annual leave bid, right? So uh, shift trade is basically you give your day away if you want. Somebody works, works it for you. You don't get paid, and the other person works it at straight time. So we negotiated. Uh, you know, we, we, we wanted a 16-hour shift trade where you could work doubles if you wanted to. Uh, an arbitrator ruled in our favor, and TSA, because of this, uh, asked it, the um, Aviation Safety Transportation Act, which basically says it, it's um, they are um, notwithstanding federal law. So they don't have to follow federal law, TSA. And it was put in to kind of get them up and running in the beginning. They were allowed to, they're actually allowed to discriminate. They didn't have to meet quotas, stuff like that. But 20 years later, we don't need this, you know. Um, so it was basically a take it or leave a contract. And uh, we want to go back to the table, of course. And, um, you know, since Biden's in there, um, we thought we'd be back by now or close or even have a hint of if they're going to do it. Uh, we've asked several times. Uh, to come back to the table, renegotiate the stuff that we weren't allowed to, and we've been pretty much ignored. Joe, just for the benefit of the audience listening in, um, everybody knows now, I don't want to assume that to be 100% accurate, but TSA is the line of defense at the airport. That is as important as you're going to get is – uh, is that the scope of your membership? Is that the scope of your membership? A hundred percent. A hundred percent is, uh, you know, getting the people through safely, getting them on the plane safely. Um, so uh, to uh, here's something we, we just, you know, we don't negotiate pay, of course, uh, but, uh, TSA just put out a thing for pay raises, right? We have a huge turnover at TSA. Um, I'd say a third of our workforce almost a year. Well, let me think. 
uh, not last year, uh, 2019, we lost 200 people. We only have uh, under six or just over 600 officers. We lost 200. So we're losing a third of the workforce. <laughs> and they're leaving for other jobs and better paying jobs, that kind of thing. Uh, and better working conditions. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the airlines, right? We're, we're kind of supporting them. So we're up at the, uh, you're up at two o'clock in the morning, reporting at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, working at 12, that kind of thing. So, uh, and then three shifts of that. Uh, Joe, before you go any further, and plus stress too, I'm sure. Oh my God, highly, 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 highly stressful. Little bit. Um, Talk about the the arbitration is not binding at TSA. Is that correct? That's correct. So, like I said, we won the arbitrator's award for 16-hour shift trades, and then TSA just decides they're not going to file it. And in this determination, which is basically uh, written up what we have to follow, it says that. They don't have to. If they don't like the decision, they don't have to follow it. So we don't even have the MERP uh, System Protected Board. Uh, and if we if we went there, they could overturn the decision. So you know, we we, we don't take anything there because um, they would overturn everyone. Now, we Phil, had a couple go, but not many. Let me go to go to, go to Phil. Phil, talk about that for a second. In other words, is there any chance that this thing is, is going to change? Well, we, we think we have a better chance this year because the Senate flipped. Uh, we, we're hoping that uh, we, have, we have our legislative team in D.C. Uh, the TSA Council, which is what goes over there, Council 100, they have a legislative team, and they've been working this H.R. 903. Uh, chairman Thompson, uh, who's the chairman of the uh, Homeland Security uh, the departments in the uh, House, he intends to move that bill and, and, and pass it in the House. And then we think now that we have a chairman over in the Senate uh, compared to last time, we may have a chance to tee this bill up and get it into either a must-pass piece. Maybe we can put into uh, the Department of Defense bill. We might be able to put it into something to get it moved, which would then uh, get them Title V rights. Biden will sign it. Uh, we know that. We've also tried to get the, uh, obviously, Mayorkas is the, uh, the agency head that was the secretary of, uh, of Homeland Security. You know, he was late to be confirmed. We know that. Uh, it took him a while to get confirmed. A lot of Biden's appointments were late to be confirmed. So they're just getting handles on the agencies now. But we certainly have put that on his uh, radar that uh, AFG expects uh, them to treat these these workers well. Uh, we think they could administratively allow them to use Title V, but you know we really need it in the law. Phil Glover joining us here, and we're visiting in this segment with Joe Shucker, president of Local 333. Um, TSA is all I need to say, and you'll get the and the listening audience will get the visual. Joe, just a couple of minutes left um, in the segment. Um, I want to ask you what your members are asking of you um i feel for you and i feel and hear your frustration um and you've got to keep the ship steady yeah you're right um it's the whole thing is title five right that's all anybody's been talking about and you know of course 
you know, I've been president there for 10 years. And when I go around talking about Title Five, they're like, Joe, you've been telling us that for 10 years, you know. But I told him, I said, I never thought we were going to get it until now. And I really think we're going to get this through. Um, so that it's, you know, um, crossing the fingers and all, but I really think we're going to get it. And believe me, TSA has no idea what they're in for when we do. Uh, it's a game changer, you know. Well, let me just say this. This is absolutely you, – you talk about the, the turnover, losing 200 security officers a year. Now, this is maybe a little harsh, but anybody ever hear of 9-11? I mean, do we need our, our, our security at the airports to be as highly skilled and experienced as possible? Is this a game to some people? It's absolutely infuriating. I mean, it's a right, joke but- that, you know, it's just absolutely – we depend on the li- lives uh, – uh, so many lives on these people. We were going through the government shutdown, and look, we have a we have a really young workforce, right? Um, you know, there's early twenties um, being hired. They're even hiring right out of high school, practically. So, you know, uh, to not and but we also have people who've been there 19 years. So uh, these people have families now, you know. And when 9/11 happened, we were hiring like middle-aged guys. You know, there was people out of work then. Uh, you know, the economy sucks. So, uh, you know, middle-aged guys and women were out of work. So they came to TSA. And now to to, uh, to have to work through that whole shutdown, not getting paid. And believe me, we got a, a lot of support from you guys. You know, a lot of support from the airlines, that kind of thing. You know, uh, there was food, food trucks from you guys sent out. Uh, you know, it couldn't have went better for us that way. But people were didn't have gas money to get to work, you know. Um, so is that um, Joe Shucker, Joe, Joe Shucker, president, uh, Joe Shucker, president, local three, 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 joining us uh, here tonight on the labor show. Joe, keep battling. We appreciate you jumping on my friend. Thank you much. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll get to a commercial break back on the other side. Portions of tonight's edition of the labor show with J doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, local 1637 news guild 10 and IBEW local 98. Choose an IBEW local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. Back here live on the labor show with J doc and Krause J doc right to you brother. Our final segment uh, the hours moved so quickly. Uh, National VP Clover, if you would introduce, introduce our upcoming guest, please. Sure, absolutely. Uh, our next guest is from uh, our local 940 uh, out on Wissahickon Avenue, 5000 Wissahickon, our Veterans Benefit Administration. And uh, it's Joe Malizia. He is the VP out there, the vice president. He's also the president of our VA council, which is 264 across uh, District 3, and that has all the VAs in it. So uh, he can speak on a number of issues, and uh, glad to hear him on here tonight. So, Joe, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Joe and Krause. appreciate all you're doing for the labor movement. Um, we, uh, we certainly need it, and, and it's a welcome uh, treat for all of us. Well, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're proud to do it, Joe, and we're going to get right into it, my friend. Um, obviously, Veterans Administration issues um, such as uh, delays in implementing uh, Biden's executive orders. Uh, talk about how you're getting hit right now and what's, what you're expecting soon. Well, uh, like Phil had said and others had said, that, um, even though the executive orders were signed in, in January, 
they really were not rolled out across the federal government. Um, and certainly because of, of cabinet level agencies like the VA, they needed to have the secretary confirmed and that was delayed. You know, all the partisan politic moves that could be taking place were taking place to kind of delay everything that, you know, Biden wanted to do in, in his agenda, kind of moving forward in a progressive kind of a way. Um, so the, the other issue to come on to sort of kind of point out and highlight, you know, as Phil was saying that, there are still a lot of holdovers in these federal agencies at high level positions from the Trump administration, and they're sort of embedded into certain positions. And it's hard for the new new leadership to get movement out of that, or they have to figure it out who where the uh, obstructionists are and how to deal with them. So we're still in that kind of feeling out period in VA, um, and it's and it's hurtful for us because the the executive orders and the other movement would really flow, uh, you know, open up the floodgates and let things happen in a good, positive way for the, the benefit of the veteran population in the state and across the country. Right. We, our veterans don't have enough issues without without that, uh, you know, that stuff going on. Talk about. I don't want anything. I, I, I don't want any road. I never want any roadblocks. I never want anything. When there's a veteran issue, it should be right. handled right not, from jump. Not like gridlock within yeah. the administration. That, that's what I believe. Having said that, talk about uh, T-38, the worker classification still being not addressed. Well, the the, uh, the Title 38 issues are for the like the nurses, doctors, medical professionals. Um, that was not covered under the executive orders, um, either from Trump or from Biden. Uh, they were separate orders um, from the VA administration, prior administration, declaring like you had the issue with Joe Shooker with TSA, where the administration declared certain things that they're, they're not negotiable or you don't have those rights. Well, that's what happened within VA with the Title 38, the, the nursing uh, medical professionals. And so they didn't reap the benefit of the executive orders of returning back to that. So they're barred from using any kind of official time, any kind of, you know, other, other issues. And it's really um, strangleholding them because the nursing professionals and the, the doctors are the ones that have some key information when we're negotiating for issues, when there's a change in a medical program, when there's changes in medical, you know, the administration of the medical uh, treatment. We want somebody that's knowledgeable about those things being involved in the process to help, you know, cut off at the past any kind of mistakes or bad things. And so not having them involved has been devastating for the, the working population and I think for our veterans as well for their medical care. It's the Labor Show on a Saturday night. We're listening to Joe Malizia, who's joining us uh, to finish up what has been a fantastic hour um, with a, uh, with Phil Glover and, his, and part of his entire team, uh, J-Doc. We have about four minutes, four and a half minutes left. Uh, in, go ahead. You wanna, did you well, want to jump in? You're giving me the finger. I want to get well, you well, on. Well, no, I'm just saying that. that well, well, the point is. Um, it's it's just, not giving me the finger in a bad way. Just he's, he, he's pointing at me that he wants to get that he wants to get that he wants to get in. Go ahead, Jada. Not that I haven't done the other one before yeah, either. Yeah. But having having said that, though, it just seems like there's individuals in these administrations that feel like they have a sense of entitlement, like they have ownership over the administration. And you see that our worker, our workforce at the airport, who are who so many people depend on, and our veterans are getting impacted. I mean. Talk about that for a second, Joe. I mean, we're, you know, it seems like individuals are just, are, are, you know, they're, they're not cooperating for some ridiculous reason. It's not benefiting the veterans. 
Well, so let me connect another dot here for you within VA. So um, years back, there was a lot of problems within the VA. If you remember, like the wait time issue problems and, and other things like that, it was a big kind of scandal at the time. Well, the way Congress dealt with that was to create a VA Accountability Act, which gave management, who were the source of the problem, you know, gave management the authority to, to discipline, remove, terminate employees, um, almost at will. Uh, and they called that the Accountability Act. We're going to hold people accountable. Well, the, the act from Congress was really directed at the management staff. It was for, like, the secretary level to address mid-level managers who were screwing up on things. But what happened was they kind of, like, they gave the, the keys to the prison to the, the prisoners and let them kind of run the show. So it, it empowered bad managers to make even worse decisions than they already were making. That Accountability Act was a congressional act, so it, it's not covered under the executive orders either. But So it's still out there, and the managers have been using that to run roughshod over other things. That needs to be changed, and it needs to be, if not changed, it needs to be understood that it was for dealing with bad managers who still exist. And once that transition takes place, I think we'll be in a better place. Obviously, we would like to see it removed, you know, and... and um, you know, outlawed, but it's still there. So that's a driving factor in why there's still some bad decisions being made or why employees are not really feel comfortable speaking up about anything. Because if an employee speaks up and exposes some problem or tries to come up with a better solution to fix things, then they're, they're subject and they're very fearful of being disciplined because it, the track record has been that it, it has happened. Joe Malizia finishing up our uh, the labor show with uh, J Doc and Krause. Joe, uh, thanks a million for uh, jumping on, Phil. I'm going to give you um, just the last sixty seconds that we have in the program um, to kind of give us a little bit of a synopsis. But I almost want to say to you, hey, Phil Glover, as soon as we get back to the Senesta and and start doing our roundtable sessions. Bring the entire team out, will you? We're gonna, we need to do two hours alone uh, on these three conversations that we've had. But that's for a conversation uh, at another time. Take the last 60 seconds and wrap us up, sir. Sure. I appreciate that, uh, Krause and uh, Daydoc as well. Look, we're, a lot of people don't understand the federal sector is an open shop uh, situation. Um, we're, we're, we're constantly organizing. We're constantly trying to grow. Our, our local officers are not paid generally. They are uh, volunteers. And so I really want to point out that the, the three folks you spoke to tonight are volunteer volunteers, voluntary union officials who have stuck through this entire four-year administration uh, getting hammered. And as you've heard the frustration, trying to get back on our feet here with uh, the Biden administration coming in. And I just think that you know, your listeners need to understand we're as deep into the labor movement as anybody. Uh, one thing we are dealing with a lot right now is uh, COVID. We are trying to get our folks vaccinated. We're trying to get back uh, on on the work sites as much as we can. We have some telework going on right now, but we are uh, we're out there working every day. Our meat inspectors are going in every day. Uh, our Bureau of Prisons folks are going into work every day keeping the country safe. And I just hope that the, the folks out there with labor understand that. 
Phil Glover, who is the District 3 National Vice President. His team with us uh, tonight, Beverly Parks, uh, kicked it off. Joe Shuker uh, was with us as well from the TSA. Beverly was from the Social Security Administration. Uh, and then Joe Melisa wrapping us uh, all up. Great one hour, hey, Joe, uh, J-Doc. Can I get a quick shout-out for our congressional delegation? Because as federal employees, we need Congress to work with us and, and help us. And our Pennsylvania delegation has been awesome. Thanks to Phil and everybody else. Thanks, thank you again, Jeff. And no doubt, and you just got your shout out. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for hour number one of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hour number two, the John Doherty Hour, coming up. <laughs>